0: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You're listening to the iDigit Podcast. A podcast where we talk about the student perspective of navigating the world of archaeology and anthropology.
1: I'm your host, Michaela. And I'm your host, Alyssa. Just a, a content warning, this episode will contain some mentioning of domestic violence and skeletal remains. Welcome back to another episode of the I Dig It podcast. Today we have a guest. We have Megan who just finished their MSc in bioarchaeology at the University of York and did their BA in ancient history and archaeology. Hi.
0: Hi Megan. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How are we doing today?
2: Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: where are you located currently?
2: So I'm currently in the UK and I'm in the West Midlands, uh, not too far from Birmingham, but not in Birmingham.
0: Nice. I almost went to Birmingham for <laughs> my master's, but ended up going to York. How has your um, time at York been? Was your program also one year or were you part time?
2: Yeah. So it was it was a one year program. Obviously was particularly weird last year. Mm-hmm. Um I, I did enjoy it and I really did love York and like living in the city. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't think I had a a, a typical year. <laughs> That's crazy. The first half
0: of it was regular, normal in person, right? Yeah. And then when did it start to go sour?
2: <laughs> so there was like a very, there was a weird little atmosphere sort of from the end of January into March. Where we were all sort of chatting, there was all, it was it was always sort of the elephant in the room, of like, is something going to happen? Um, and we had one experimental archaeology class where we had to wear masks, and it was a situation where they went, "Yeah, yeah, keep the masks because you'll need them," and we sort of thought it was a joke. It was it was that sort of level. Obviously, now I have about seven reusable masks um so so it's it's less of a joke now, but we had we had two cases we had the first um reported cases in the u k and one of them was a York student. She wasn't an archaeology student as far as I know, but there was a lot of worry about that for sure and it was we i i managed to finish all of my talk classes. And I was in the library looking at stuff for my dissertation and I got an email saying, your dissertation can't go ahead as planned (sighs) because um, there's this big nasty virus. I don't know if you've heard about it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was, uh, was, I think that was sort of disappointing for sort of everyone that had that situation and also for the lecturers, I think. Because they obviously wanted they wanted us to have the experience that other people have had and and have like the best year that we could, but they also had to make sure that people were safe and that they were safe.
0: And Makila, weren't you you were in York like January? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I
1: went to graduation in January, like end of January, and right as I was leaving, like my fr- some friends and I, like we all got an air. An Airbnb together, yeah. And so it was like the day that we were all leaving York was that we got an email or we were seeing in the news that uh, some, a York student who was in the hotel with their parent came down with COVID. They hadn't left the hotel and they're supposed to go to graduation and then they didn't because they were really sick, but it was like COVID. And so we're just like, what? And then I was hopping over to Spain <laughs> and then things kept happening in Spain being like COVID. And I'm like... What is this thing? So then I was going back to the US and it was just like, oh, somebody on this plane had COVID. And I'm like, all right, time to I don't
0: know, sanitize everything. So that was that was a wild trip. Yeah, because we finished our um York Masters 2019 September. So the graduation was this last January. I was living in Cambodia, so I wasn't able to come back for graduation. But yeah, all of all of our friends were able to that's when it started getting scary. <laughs>
2: But it's weird to think it's nearly been a year. I know.
0: I can't believe how long this has lasted.
2: People are getting vaccinated. That's yeah. a plus. Yeah, my, <laughs> my mom had it on Saturday. She's had the vaccine. Oh, nice. Um, and I think my grandparents had it yesterday as well. So it's real.
0: <laughs> Do they work in healthcare or anything or is it just normal citizens getting it now?
2: Yeah, so my mom's got it because she works in healthcare, and then um, my grandparents have got it because they are eighty something, and that's that's the uh, age group that's the sort of citizen age group that is being offered to at the moment.
0: Yeah, I've heard no word of that here. <laughs> that some of our healthcare people are getting it, but there's still been issues with like distribution and stuff. So
2: yeah, I I, I mean I hope it sort of gets sorted soonish the sooner the better really
1: yeah <laughs> so were you able to go out and do your dissertation or what was your dissertation plan and what ended up happening happening with it
2: okay um so the plan was I started thinking about sort of things that happen that we know that are happening today that I haven't seen much um archaeological research on and one of the things that stuck out to me was um, domestic abuse and intimate partner violence which is sort of interchangeable words interchangeable phrases um, and I was like I, I really haven't seen that much about it and I started looking into it and there are sort of bits and pieces but they've all been done on quite small samples and I sort of thought, well, has anything been done on Roman Britain? I sort of have a love-hate relationship with the Romans and this seemed a bit perfect for it. (laughs) Uh, So I um, had a bit of a search and I I couldn't find anything to do with Roman Britain and intimate partner violence. Um, So I proposed um, that I was going to look at the skeletons that are housed at the University of York from that period and I was going to analyse them and see if I could find any um, indicators of injuries from, well, injuries that are typical of people who are being uh, abused by a partner physically. It's, it's quite a dark topic. I feel like maybe this episode <laughs> might need like a little content warning for that. Um, but yeah, so so originally I was going to be in the lab, so it was going to involve like a lot of uh, (laughs) a lot of lab work a lot of sort of physically looking at the skeletons I was also planning on using the new x-ray machine that they've got and I was going to get trained in that and I was really excited Um, and then face-to-face teaching and anything lab-based was uh, you know a big no-go because you'd be breathing germs on people Um, (laughs) so I I got the email from my supervisor saying, I'm really, really sorry, but we can't go ahead. Um, And that was maybe a couple of weeks before I was due to start it. Like it was in my diary, lab work starts on this date. So I sort of, I had to submit a new proposal and I know a lot of other people did as well. It wasn't, obviously it wasn't just me in this boat, especially Mm -hmm. the people that want to do like paleoprotonomics and uh, ancient DNA and anything like that. They couldn't go into the lab, so they couldn't do it. So I was like, could I do it based on data that is already existing and is already out there? And my supervisor was like, yeah, yeah, we could do that. So I ended up going through the reports of over 3,000 individuals over like the oh, nine wow. months <laughs> from, I think it was 70 something sites all in England. And I went through all of those and um, noted down things like preservation and any injuries that these individuals had. And I, I did find some quite convincing cases. There were, there were one of, one or two that I was like, yeah, there was something going on here. But it is quite a, um, a difficult thing to say for certain. Well, most things are quite difficult to say for certain. But <laughs> this is like a particularly <laughs> difficult one because you don't know who has caused the injuries or... Even how the injuries were sustained mm-hmm. wow, that's awesome that you were
0: able to get access to such a huge data set from remote study
2: yeah i was um, I was very very lucky that one my supervisor was really helpful and got a lot of reports for me and also i I was able to reach out to other researchers who would just email me stuff um, (laughs) which meant that I had like a lot of reports and I just kept finding more and it got to the point where I was like I I have to stop now
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good problem to have though it's having too much
2: yeah but yeah so I I did all of that Uh, most of it I did I did from home so my parents home it was about a week before the national lockdown in the UK was announced and I was sort of absolutely terrified because I woke up with a sore throat and I was supposed to be going home and I was so so scared that I was going to bring it back and like bring it back to my family I just had a sore throat that was it, um, mm-hmm. it, it no <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't man. anything it wasn't anything not good Um so in the end my mom ended up because I was supposed to be going on the train my mom ended up driving up to York and picking me up and I I packed stuff but I packed for about a month a month and a half because I thought that's how long the lockdown was going to be and I ended up being back at home for six months
0: <laughs> so is your stuff still on campus or were you able to go back and get everything
2: I, I ended up going back for a couple of months so I went back at the at uh, end of July Uh, and then I moved out of my house in September so I managed to go back up and get everything but it was all very um, very eerie because I was the first person back in the house um, (laughs) and uh, one of my housemates just didn't come back Uh, but I was I was the first one back in the house and um, I'd left everything sort of I'd left like a notebook on the side and things like that and it it, it looked it looked like I'd I'd intended to come back quite soon <laughs> and the fact that everything had been there for for six months like I'd left like a pen out on the desk and things like that it was it was very odd oh <sighs> It's, like, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. My
0: um, professors here, when we first started the term, they were all talking about how, uh, like, they had, like, gone into the office for the first time in, like, five months. And it was super weird. And one one of them was, like, I definitely left an apple on my desk and I'm scared to go find it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm scared to go
2: see what it looks like
0: now. Yeah, yeah. I bet, like, people's yeah. fridges were pretty nasty after
2: that (laughs) Oh definitely. Yeah. I I uh I clear cleared out my fridge before I left so there were no horrible surprises when I got back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were you in student accommodation or were you in a house house?
2: Um a house house. So um, Okay. Sort of Looking at going back into student accommodation, I wasn't super keen on just because I was like, oh, all yeah. well, these rooms are very small <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> or the studio apartments were quite a lot of money and I, I didn't have that money. Um, so I, I ended up finding a house with like a couple of other students. So we were all the same age, but um some of us were undergrads, some of us were postgrads, but it was a, a nice little mix.
0: I I wish I would have looked into that more. I felt like it was too hard as like a foreign student to yeah. find like housing, housing. Yeah, I was in a shoebox in Halifax. <laughs> in York. I was at Wentworth. <laughs> I, I splurged on like the bigger Wentworth room.
1: I'm like, oh, everyone's like grad students. So I'm not going to hear all the partying of the undergrads. So I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. And then I was just like, "Ah, there's a bigger room. Okay, I'll do that. And it was like double the size. I'm like, nice. So I had my VR headset in there. So I was able to do like my research and stuff. (laughs) Looking
0: back on it, I wish I did Student Castle, (laughs) even though it was more expensive.
2: Student Castle was nice. Um, Someone on my course was there. And yeah, it was very, very snazzy in there. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of our best friends was living in there, but it wasn't because she wanted to. It was because it was the only thing left when she looked for housing, but it ended up being fine. Yeah, But yeah, that was a nice area, like right in the center of the town. I remember when applying for student housing, I thought, archaeology would be like on campus so I was like oh I'll get something on campus and it'll be like an easy walk and then when I got there I found out archaeology was like way across town it's <laughs> like oh never mind <laughs> just kidding gotta travel now
2: <laughs> I went to an open day and I, I for some reason I couldn't go to the postgrad open day so I went to an undergrad one and just like at every opportunity I was like by the way I'm looking to do a master's and I was like looking on the map i was like where is the archaeology department <laughs> and they were like you have to get on the bus so got on the bus and went and i was like this is really cool but because i did bioarchaeology i was um split between king's manor and the like actual campus um but my house was in quite a sort of convenient place in Tang hall that meant i could get the bus I could walk into town. It would take me about half an hour, but if I was feeling lazy, I could get the bus. And then I was not too far away from Wentworth, which is where like all the bio arc stuff is. So I could go there as well. So it was a nice, nice location.
0: (laughs) What were some of your favorite places on campus?
2: I really liked, um, I think it was, I think it was the edge when you guys were there, the, the cafe, in is Wentworth that- yeah and they they turned it into veg oh <laughs> um,
0: oh. Interesting. oh, yeah they were
1: like in the process of turning it into something else when I was there and I was just like <laughs> all right whatever
0: yeah. let's <laughs> go to the library is that where they had the Starbucks yes drinks okay yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I when I started it there was um like a, big signs everywhere that was like come to the only vegetarian restaurant on campus and I was like well I can't not. I have to. Um, yeah, because I'm a vegetarian, and then I'm also lactose intolerant, so I eat a lot of vegan food. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm vegan. <laughs> so th- this was like a place that was like had like a lot of vegan options, and I was like, nice. Oh my god!
1: Why didn't this exist I know, when I right? was living right next to it? I'm mad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it it turns out it was right opposite where I had all of my labs as well. so so convenient whenever we had because labs were like four four hours they were really long so whenever we had a break we would go there and get um we always would get like a starbucks and then we'd be like we've already had breakfast but they have the breakfast burritos so there'd be like four of us sat there like eating our breakfast burritos like this is fine we're exerting a lot of brain energy exactly (laughs)
0: Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. I worked in that little lab right across from there also for a little bit because I was working with Penny Spikens doing like a GIS project for some of her old research, but that was our, what was it, work placement is what they called it. That was my work placement out there. Yeah. Did you do a work placement also?
2: No. I don't know whether maybe I would have had the option to if things had been different um but yeah because sort of I I had about six months of normal teaching and then uh, (laughs) it just sort of all went out the window especially with the digital program we had
1: to do one I know other programs didn't have to do a work placement yeah so I'm not I think it was us and cultural heritage management
0: had to as well so how how did your classes go and everything? I'm glad you got to finish your classes before everything went down.
2: <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm really glad as well. I feel I feel really lucky because I know some other people not necessarily at York, but from other unis, I know people they didn't finish their teaching. Um which is really really rough for them. Yeah, I think they went well. I I did really enjoy it. Yeah, it was it was a nice um nice like routine to have and there was a very sort of nice um atmosphere like with the bioarch students and then also like the people who we sort of crossed over with um so we we did like a couple of like group projects and things or like we'd work together in a seminar and it was just like a a very like friendly atmosphere which is what you want when you've just moved to a new city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Did you guys have to do assessed lectures? Um, so I was actually kind of looking forward to that. And then they were like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so our dissertations were marked entirely on like the dissertation so itself parts. rather than like wow. presenting it.
0: I mean, I was like super anxiety about this lecture, so I would have loved that. Because <laughs> yeah,
2: I think I was I was quite anxious about it, but also I was like, this will be like a good experience, and like because I I want to sort of develop my public speaking, <laughs> which I mean I'm 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 kind of doing that because I've uh, signed well been accepted to like a couple of conferences which is mildly terrifying
1: (laughs) but congratulations
2: (laughs) thank you is it from your dissertation research one of them is um but it's one i'm doing a poster presentation um Mm -hmm. and that's for like a cambridge student conference um and the other one is in Iceland, and it's the Haskilly Islands um, uh, Conference on the Medieval North. I think it's I think it's the full name of it, um, <laughs> but I'm going to be talking about Viking Age disability, oh. and that paper isn't finished yet, so it it needs a little bit of work. Uh, so I'm working on that after my day job <laughs> at the moment so I, I'm, I'm quite busy
0: <laughs> that's, Congrats. that's awesome yeah. I hope the Iceland thing actually happens in person
2: <laughs> yeah so they've they've um they sent emails out saying let us know if you want to do it in person or online um and if things haven't improved enough because it's in April so they were like Mm -hmm. if things don't look like they're going to improve enough we're going to do it all online but at the moment they're going to be the plan is to do some online some offline but like I love Iceland so I really want to go and I haven't been on a plane in so long
1: (laughs) you're just like sign me up I'm going yeah
2: I was like please can I go
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so exciting Iceland's yeah. definitely on my bucket list. It looks so beautiful.
2: Yeah, it's um, make sure that you budget for it because it's a pricey country. Uh, yeah, if you have like a, a kitchen, it's one of those places where it's not too bad. But if you're like going out to eat, you you need like a sizable budget for it.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I've, I've heard things about just the economy and just how everything's just really pricey. I'm like, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. But dang, my theoretical wallet already
2: hurts. (laughs) But their coins are really pretty and they have fish on them.
1: Oh. So it sort of balances out. Uh, Yeah, their currency is really pretty. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back after this break. COVID permitting, what are your goals for your post-grad life? What's the ideal path
2: Oh, the ideal path. The um, ideal
0: path. And then backup plan B and C. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it's sort of a difficult question because my sort of initial plan was, I was like, well, I'm going to, while I'm doing my dissertation, I might see if I can get a bit of fieldwork experience. And also I'd be getting that lab experience. So I was like, lovely, nice things to put on my CV. Um, <laughs> and then... I, I didn't get that and a lot of places are very reluctant to have volunteers on digs at the moment because of health and safety. So I've been trying to get on to some archaeological traineeships and um, so far it's not gone well. Maybe it's not gone horribly, but it's not gone well yet. I'm, I'm holding out. So I'm, I'm working on trying to get my sort of field work off the ground But I have also seen a couple of like PhDs advertised that I'm a bit keen on. So (laughs) that's another little after work activity that I've been doing is (laughs) looking at applications. Um, So, yeah, um, I really don't know at this point, just because everything is so up in the air, it's very difficult to pin down anything or set my hopes on anything if that makes sense like no yeah sometimes i'll think oh that would be really great so some some museum jobs i'll look at and be like oh yeah i'd love to do that and then i look at the sort of situation that museums are in at the moment and i'm like is it feasible right now i'm trying my best and i'm trying my best to sort of stay hopeful about the whole thing yeah but i think it is a situation of i'm gonna keep working on my skills keep sort of developing my portfolio and whatever but I'm not looking for anything in particular to sort of jump out at me yet. (laughs) That's fair
1: especially it's like nothing that's happening in the world is anything that like we can control and so it's just like okay what can I do in my own bubble to progress myself and like what can I do to help me be better for other things that will come along and like whenever they do. So that's really cool that you're doing that and like you've applied to all those conferences and you're gonna be doing all that cool stuff
2: yeah i'm I'm trying to see what I can do online mostly um I was actually supposed to be doing a dig in Wales in November um on like a voluntary basis, and I was like really, really looking forward to that and then sort of the week before uh there was new restrictions announced and even though it's only about an hour away from me travel to Wales was just completely cut off so it would have been illegal for me to go there Um, and I I wasn't about to break the law (laughs) so yeah that was a bit of a tough one and sort of getting used to the fact that like you say there are things that are completely out of my control that do sort of factor quite heavily into my life and like into my future. Mm -hmm. So that's um yeah, (laughs) that's something.
0: Yeah. I think everyone's gonna have like a one or two year gap on their resume for this time. (laughs) So hopefully it it's not too
1: Jobs can't be like, so what were you doing these one to two years? It's like, oh, you would know perfectly well what yeah. I was doing in 2020.
2: <laughs> yeah, they can't be like, it seems like you personally had a bit of a rough year.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, uh, man, what a year. <laughs> I just, it feels like it's dragged on forever, but also like it only just started.
1: Yeah. It was just March, now it's December, but also it feels like it's been 14 years.
2: Yeah, it, it was June for like 16 months, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> March 657th.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I just saw some news today about cases in Britain getting a little scary with like a new strand of COVID to where yeah. like Hong Kong is closing off flights to Britain or flights from Britain?
2: Yeah, so mm-hmm. my understanding of it as just a person who's here <laughs> with <laughs> with no other qualifications in COVID knowledge is that there's a new strain and they've said it's not more like deadly, so the mortality rate isn't any worse, but it travels it's more contagious, which is not what we want for cases. So No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh no. Well, I hope you stay safe and away from that as much as you can.
2: Yeah, I've I've managed to get a, a job working from home. So that was oh, I think nice. one of my one of my big concerns was that I you know I needed a job, but I didn't want to have to go out into the germ world. So <laughs> I, I've managed mm-hmm. to get one where I is can, it archaeology related? It's not. <laughs> so I I and haven't that's fine. managed. Yeah, I haven't managed to get anything sort of degree related. But it's mm-hmm. a three month contract. Is the job that I'm currently on? Nice. Um, and I can do it all from home, which
1: mm, even better.
2: Yeah, which really suits me right now. Yeah.
0: Working from home and money. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) What kind of led you down the path of archaeology and how you first got interested in the topic?
2: Yeah, I think, so I think there are sort of several things that all um, pointed me in in this direction. Um, Because you know when you're looking back and you like look back at things in your childhood and you go, Yeah, that was the beginning of something. (laughs) I don't know if you guys ever saw it. There was a Canadian TV show called Mystery Hunters that was like for kids and it was on Discovery Kids and um, I used to watch it when I was at my grandparents' house after school and it was really cool and sometimes they would look into ghosts and sometimes they would look into things like Egyptian mummies and be like well how did this person end up where they are in a pyramid or in a cemetery somewhere and they I remember this one really distinctly and I spoke to my dentist about it the other day (laughs) so that this is how I must have been about six or seven when I watched this and it, it stuck in my head there was one where they were talking about this ancient Egyptian woman and they showed like a facial reconstruction and they were like and archaeologists have, have like looked at her and have worked out how she might have died and they showed like that she had a dental abscess and they were like when when you get a really bad dental abscess you can get blood poisoning and it can kill you and I was like oh my god how cool is it that they've worked that out but also oh I really need to go and brush my teeth right now <laughs> And I, this is why I was talking to my, my dentist the other day, and I was like, I think I've got a problem. Like, I keep grinding my teeth. And he was like, No, I mean, I, I can't see anything wrong with them. Like, they're not that bad. Uh, and I was like, Yes, but I'm really scared that I'm going to end up like that Egyptian mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, What are you on about? And he was like, "I promise you that will not happen because you come <laughs> to a dentist." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." <laughs> oh, listen, <laughs> um, but yeah, they they had so they had that that um, one, and they also had um, they were talking about like Peruvian child ice mummies, and I thought they were really cool because you could you can see their braids, and I thought that was just like amazing. And you know, I still do think that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I yeah, it, it was one of those things. It's like, was this appropriate viewing material for children? <laughs> Who knows? But I, I was absolutely fascinated by it.
0: <laughs> Man, when you said Discovery Kids, that just like gave me so many flashbacks. I haven't thought about Discovery Kids since I saw it on TV.
2: I'm genuinely quite bitter that it, it was like cancelled.
0: Wow. I'm going to go on a Google binge now. Discovery Kid stuff after this.
2: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Mystery Hunters was not factually correct, but I, <laughs> it was a gateway. Yeah, um, and then That's all that matters. The other sort of thing um, that I think opened doors for me and opened my eyes to things was um, I went to a grammar school I don't know if you guys are sort of familiar with the concept or whether I should explain
0: (laughs) explain please (laughs) okay
2: so in the UK um there are secondary schools so 11 to 16 that are called grammar schools um they were designed sort of to my knowledge to give like um a sort of almost like a private school experience but to kids that weren't paying fees so you sit an exam to get in so it's supposed to be doesn't matter what your background is if you pass the test or if you're in the top um 150 people who pass this test you you get to go to this school and you get this like high quality education um doesn't always work in practice but that's the theory um, because, yeah, they have they have this whole thing of it doesn't matter what your background is and then you have to pay £400 a year for the school bus and you have to buy the uniform from specific shops and the trousers have to have a logo on them. So if you're coming from a low-income family, it, it is actually quite tough. But anyway, I went to a grammar school and in year seven, which is like our first year when we are 11, They gave us the option to choose an additional language. So we had to learn French. And then they were like, and you have to choose another language as well. And the language options that I had, I think, were Spanish, German, and Latin. (laughs) So obviously I chose Latin because that is the most useful in the modern world. (laughs) Um, And now I'm like, why can't I speak Spanish? But... (laughs) So I, I did Latin and part of our like Latin courses were uh Roman history essentially. Uh and that's when I got I got really like into it. I got really into like ancient history and I was also like, there's a lot of things that the books don't say and that they're like that that isn't written down. And I was like, Oh, there's this thing called archaeology and you can you can find things that aren't written down and you can interpret things uh, and that all really um became like a big thing for me when we went on a school trip to pompeii and i was like i was like this is cool this is very interesting <laughs> <laughs> um and i've i've been back to pompeii a lot like i know it quite well i can find my way around like somewhere that i've lived but I've never worked – I'd like to work there. That would be interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, that that was, like, one of the first places for me that really, like, sparked my interest. I think because it is, it is sort of frozen in time, isn't it? And I feel like it's one of those sort of cliché places. Like, they tell you not to write about it on your personal statements. But <laughs> realistically, it was mm-hmm. the place that sort of – yeah. No.
1: And it's not like you're just like watching it on t v you are there, so
0: you can write that all over your personal statement. <laughs> I love how they have to tell you not to write that. I bet everyone in the u k gets to visit Pompeii for school or quite often, huh?
2: yeah, maybe not for school, but it's like if you're if you go to Italy, you can go to Pompeii and you can go on the um slightly terrifying train journey from. Naples to Pompeii. (laughs) The chains are very, they're very like little and like rattly. Mm. Um,
0: (laughs) It's part of the experience.
2: Yeah. I (laughs) I went with my family a couple of years ago and I've obviously been on this train journey like a couple of times. And the first time I did it, I was 14. (laughs) So for me, I was like, I know where we're going. And my dad was like, we're on the wrong train. You've taken us on the wrong train. We're going in the wrong direction. Like, <laughs> he was like, We're gonna get robbed, we're gonna die. And I was like, We're on a train, we're fine. <laughs> and we were fine. So it I've all got worked this, out. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> like who's been here? Me. I know where to go.
2: <laughs> My family were like, We don't need to pay a tour guide. We have you. And I was like, <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute.
1: Uh, Never. It's like, yeah, that'll be um, fourteen pounds an hour, and <laughs> yeah.
2: actually, I'm going to charge you an euro, fourteen
0: euro an hour. Where's yeah. my compensation?
2: <laughs> yeah, they bought me a lot of pasta, so it all worked out. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I'm just saying like, oh, they, they probably pay for things. Parents on trips, you know. Yeah,
0: I really want to go to Pompeii. I've yet to to go at all. I feel like that's a rite of passage.
1: My (laughs) next destination of travel is Italy. I've been learning Italian because I'm going to go to, like, my ancestral area where, like, my family, like, originated from. Mm -hmm. And so I got to go to Pompeii. Yeah, you have
2: to. You have no option there.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) If I'm there, I got to go.
2: I think Rome is really interesting as well, like, because... The archaeology is such like a prominent part of the modern city, which you don't get everywhere. Like it's not sort of, I, I guess in York it is, but in a, a lot of places the the sort of archaeology is um, you don't see it. Whereas in, in Rome it, it's big. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can't miss it.
2: Really can't miss it's it. Like yeah. there's a giant
1: Colosseum or there or something.
2: Yeah, I think maybe yeah. <laughs> May- maybe,
1: Possibly. <laughs> uh, I thought that was the new football stadium.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that happened.
1: I just think about the Lizzie McGuire movie sometimes, when I think about the <laughs> Coliseum.
0: That's my only exposure to Rome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like my first exposure a Lizzie McGuire movie in like two thousand three or whatever.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: Just kidding, just kidding. quality TV.
0: <laughs> I think that's what I envy most about other countries is like living in the past just like surrounded by monuments and stuff like living in Cambodia you have these like massive temples all over the city that have been there for thousands of years and people are just like hanging out on the steps casually like drinking a coffee <laughs> it's like it's like this is so cool and we'll be right back
1: after this break. <laughs> So one last question would be if you could work anywhere in the world, work with any like data set and just particular areas, where would you go?
2: Hmm. Yeah. There's too many places that I want to go. (laughs) Is the problem. Top three. Top three. Okay. I I do think that I'd like to um, do some work in Egypt I, I don't know how how the food will agree with me but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I I would like to um, to to get involved with some work over there if possible I think Pompeii has to be on the list
1: like. <laughs> oh yeah I was waiting for that one <laughs> I know I was waiting for
2: Pompeii
1: <laughs> it doesn't have to be anywhere new
2: yeah there there's a project um, I think I'm, I'm not entirely sure on, like, updates of it, but back in sort of 2018, 2019, um, there was a project that was focusing on X-raying the plaster casts, which obviously the sort of bioarchaeological evidence hasn't, hasn't been looked at as much as, like, you know, the quite upsetting sort of visceral horror of these people died this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot more that you can find out from like using bioarchaeology than just how a person died. I think that's something that people that people miss when I tell them like what I studied. They're like, oh, so you can work out how someone died. And I'm like, most of the time, no. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, it's you work out how someone lived, <laughs> which, you know, is sort of like a lot more interesting to me <laughs> than working out how someone died. But yeah, I, I think looking at looking at like the people from Pompeii and seeing like what we can figure out from them. That would be like a really amazing experience and also I just I wanna know a bit more. And then I I think a sort of a, a dream that I don't have enough knowledge in this area would be to look at sort of pre Columbian mummies. I'm thinking mainly Peru. Mm-hmm. And like that that area um that that's something that i'd be really keen i don't know whether i'd be able to work there or whether it'd be me being like tell me stuff please i want to learn (laughs) because i i don't know i don't think i have that knowledge i don't think i'd yeah i think it would be a a situation where i'd i'd just want to learn Mm -hmm. but yeah that would be that would be pretty amazing especially given the sort of um mystery hunters inspiration for me <laughs> i see it i see it
1: Megan mystery hunter going around the world solving mysteries
2: <laughs> love i that. really don't think that they solved much on that show but it was cool
0: <laughs> but do you know what you will
2: <laughs> yeah i will i'll solve those mysteries. Yeah. They,
0: <laughs> they created the viewers who will solve them so
2: yeah
1: oh, they're just yeah. like oh yeah haha ha, we can do it somebody else do it so we can hire you on later on in life <laughs> mm.
2: it needs to come back it needs to make a comeback you should do it <laughs> i'll write to I'll the come back from you whatever the canadian studio was and be like hi i'm, I'm interested in
0: continuing <laughs> your your mystery hunters
2: series. i'll be your host
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> pay me to go do these different researches around
0: the world. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. It'd be a TikTok series instead of TV. (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) No one can focus for more than, like, a minute anymore. We have to make it TikTok. (laughs) You know, I could could see that. I could see
0: it working very well, yeah.
2: Yeah, have you guys, actually, have you guys seen um, the Black Country Living Museum on TikTok? No. No. So, I I'm going to big recommend that now if you if you use the app look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my local museum. Oh. So you'll have noticed at the beginning I said I'm am f- I'm, I'm near Birmingham but I'm not in Birmingham.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm in the Black Country. Nobody knows mm-hmm. where that is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean uh, that like geographical location was very helpful. It's like I'm here but not here.
2: Yeah, this is this is my local museum. This is somewhere that I I went a lot. Everyone looks so cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they all dress up and role play. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, so it's a, it's a living history museum and the staff are um are all in costume. Wow. Um and they all have like individual roles uh and it's not it's not manufactured in the sense that they have built these buildings. So any building that you see, it has been moved from somewhere in the Black Country brick by brick. Wow. And rebuilt in the way that it was originally built. So they have I think the earliest they go back to is the Victorian era, but then they also have like a twentieth century street as well. And they have like working restaurants and like sweet shops.
1: I've already actually liked some of their posts. Oh wow (laughs) I
0: know. (laughs) Come across it.
2: Yeah. That's so cool. What a cool but that, that museum is now the, it's in the top 100 UK TikTok accounts and it's also the most followed museum on TikTok. Wow.
0: Um,
2: which I think is pretty cool for a place that no one knows where it is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. I, yes. I, feel, like, <laughs> I feel like it sort of um, put us on the map a bit. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I do think sort of social media, I think particularly now is maybe like, The future for like museums and science communication and outreach and all of that like we need to be like focusing on that i i do think like some people are a bit iffy about it there's a big i think social media is like a dirty word for some people like i know i know that i've mentioned it to like some groups and they've sort of been like oh oh i don't think we should do that because uh there might be some issues it's like yeah but there might be some issues with anything like you have to sometimes you gotta take the risk
0: yeah I agree I think it is the future there's only going to be more social media (laughs) I don't think we're ever getting rid of it
1: and like especially with COVID and all the closures of museums people can't go to go see these like artifacts and objects especially the traveling exhibits as well it's just like oh well we're canceling everything so putting everything online or doing virtual museums or making TikTok accounts and showing everything that's in them and like YouTube especially like the YouTube tours super cool it's
2: amazing yeah I've been to a couple of conferences this year online um that I wouldn't have been able to go to if they weren't online like I I wouldn't have gone I know that I wouldn't have gone um because it would, I would have gone, oh, you know, I've got to pay for that. I've got to travel there. I've got to do this. And like, in my head, I think particularly because I was unemployed at the time, I'd have been like, well, you know, is it worth it? And do I, do I deserve to go? And like, would my input be valued? Whereas these sort of online, online conferences I went to, like, they had like really good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I went to like the museum association conference and I went to the fair museum job summit. And then I've also been to like a couple of like archeology span talks as well that have been hosted online. And I've like found those really interesting and like, because a lot of them were based either, like they were like in the U S one was in Cyprus. Um, a couple were in York while I was at home. Um, and yeah, they were just things that I would have missed if we weren't doing things online.
0: It's become a lot more accessible to people.
2: Yeah, but that's really cool
1: because it adds on to accessibility. And it's, it's like people who haven't been able to access these conferences and being able to go different places, like been struggling with this for their entire lives. And then now there's just so many more doors that have been opened, unfortunately, because of COVID. But I'm glad that these doors are opening and people are seeing the benefits of putting things online.
2: Yeah, I think I think it will have like so many like benefits like in the long term, and I really hope that we do continue to, uh, to you know keep things accessible because yeah, that there has been this like big push for accessibility recently as well, um, which you know I'm a big fan of. <laughs>
0: Love to see it.
2: I think like one of the things that like. I've noticed like particularly like with online conferences and things like that is um, several people have like commented like this is really good because I didn't have to arrange childcare. Something that I've noticed this year is like a lot of like the researchers that I like really, really admire are like women who have like young families or like just have like children in general and the sort of societal expectation that's placed on them could make things less accessible for them and i'm glad that 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 there are things that are being put out there that mean that more people have access that that means that they could also be like they can succeed
0: yeah i think like big big companies are realizing how much they can do online too which is really cool and people can work from home not having to find places for their kids and stuff so yeah my my mom's been talking about that a lot lately too and just about like how much she's been able to get done around the house because she's at home instead of having to wait until she gets home at five or six every day so yeah I think we're all realizing how we can change our world to make it a little more easy for people
2: yeah I think it's been a big thing for like um like the disabled and like chronically ill communities as well so I know a lot of people that have been talking about how working from home has really like improved their quality of life and how that was not something that that employers considered before like a lot of people were turned away from jobs because they said I would like to work from home some days and they were like told that it would be too completely impossible but this year has shown how possible it is <laughs> it's like no
1: it's not <laughs>
0: quite easy actually
1: it's like hopefully they can keep it up and for the people who need and want to be working from home and not be in an office setting mm-hmm. that they can because it's like it's totally doable to do your work from home
2: mm-hmm. i do miss seeing real people though <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah definitely it's nice when it's a choice and not
2: <laughs> yeah
1: not forced Uh, remember when we could be in an elevator with more than one person
0: what no (laughs) not sure i understand
2: yeah Yeah, it's when you start watching like a tv show and there's people that are too close to each other and it just sort of
1: (laughs) yeah it it like throws you off because it's just like wait what people can do that that seems so
0: eerie now why are people in this crowd not wearing masks what (laughs) Or even like looking at your photos from January and you're like, oh, my face is is so close to someone else's.
1: (laughs) I miss that random person from that train. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thoroughly enjoyed the
0: conversation.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a a nice chat.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you were able to finish your degree and get everything sorted even if it was a little unexpected
2: (laughs) yeah I'm looking forward to my virtual graduation next month
0: (laughs) I'm sure it'll be great
2: yeah is it
1: gonna be on Minecraft
2: (laughs) it's not gonna be on Minecraft
0: those are Um, so cool
2: (laughs) (laughs) might be on Animal Crossing (laughs) there we go (laughs) there we go all right well
0: thank you so much Megan thank you Thank you, everyone, for listening. Megan, do you have any, um, like, social media links you want us to put up?
2: So I am on Twitter at Meg underscore S-C-H, but I'm pretty sure if you search, if my full name is in the thing, if you search it, I will come up. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, But also... If anyone in the in the UK in particular is involved in a student archaeology society on the committee, um, feel free to reach out to me via Twitter, because I'm currently working on a project with um, the Chartered Institute for Archaeologists that is connecting different student archaeology societies around the UK together with each other, sort of forming those connections. Uh, So if you reach out to me via Twitter, I can I can get that get the ball rolling for you
0: awesome thank you so much that sounds awesome
2: be sure to check out our social
1: medias thank you bye bye (laughs) bye